When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to the Chicago Audible Mailbag Podcast. That was a little weird to say, to be completely honest. First one ever. But it's a week 15 edition of what our, you know, normal podcast was, the audio mailbag. But we're taking that same concept and now applying it to the Chicago Audible Mailbag Podcast. And I couldn't be doing this without my incredible co-host, Brandon Hazlett. Brandon, how are you doing on this Saturday morning? A little different, isn't it? It's a little different to a podcast on a Saturday. Usually it's uh, kind of the day off for the game, kind of get you mentally prepped, you know, but uh, let's get to it. I'm excited yeah, to do one on a, on a Saturday morning. Hopefully that's not the regular schedule, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Saturday morning, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, when you asked last night, what what or when I asked what time, you said 10 a.m. I was like, oh, man, 10 a.m., you know, waking up early throughout <laughs> the week. But we had to do it because our fans wanted it. And, you know, even though we had – what was going on earlier in the week, and that kind of threw us off schedule because we usually do this Wednesday afternoons. This is Saturday morning, so we're still going to provide that great content and you know bring this you know podcast that you guys enjoy so much. But Brandon, we have a bunch of questions, uh, you know, from voicemails and then Twitter questions. Ready, to, ready to just get into this on this Saturday morning? Yeah. Before we get there, are you implying that 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning is really for you? You know, I like to sleep in just a little bit. <laughs> it's not that early. I'm usually, a, I am a morning person, but 
just this week felt longer than most. Just I think yes. with everything going on and then at work, it was like the week before finals week at the high school. So everybody and their grandmother is coming in to get help on like papers. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, man. So it has been a longer week. But, yeah, 10 a.m. is not the earliest. But okay. I was like, I woke up. I'm like, man, all right, let's, let's, let's do this. Get out of bed and then just wake up. And wide awake right now. So. Yeah, to answer your question. We can get to it now. We can get to it. We can get to it. So (laughs) our first question, and um, unfortunately, the caller did not leave their name, and that's for all of our callers this week. So for next time on the Chicago Audible Mailbag Podcast, leave your name and where you're from so we can shout you out on the podcast. That's uh, We always like to know where – um, these questions are coming from. They're usually coming from all over, and it's good to get that, uh, you know, the indication of where the, uh, these questions are coming from. But here's your first question. Hey, guys. The, love the new name. Love the new identity. It's, it's great. I think everybody loves it. Just wanted to get that out of the way first. And my question for you guys is more of a statement, but do you guys think that for Trubisky's mental side of things do you think that it would be better for them if they have the opportunity to choose to get the ball right away so that the offense can get on the field and get into a rhythm right away or do you think that let the defense go out and dictate the game thanks guys well thank you for the the compliment we love the name too we love the identity and hopefully everyone uh does like it so uh appreciate the compliment there uh but uh to answer your question, uh, do you think it would be better for them to get the ball right away so the offense can get on the field and get into a rhythm or have the defense dictate the game? Um, I I would kind of like to see them go on offense first, actually. Uh, kind of do what they did back in week one when we played the Packers. Put the pressure on them early. That was so much fun. Week one, we didn't know what we had with the, the coach, what the play calling would be, how this offense was even going to look. And they went right down the field with absolutely no problem in scoring, put those points up right away. And then they did that again on the second drive. The Bears were up, at, what was it, 23 to 3 or nothing or something like that. I forget at what point it was. Uh, and then, obviously, Green Bay did what they did back in week one. Uh, but I, I'd like to see them continue to put the pressure on a rival like that, uh, make them have to create some sort of magic. And that would absolutely help Trubisky and his mental side of things to be able to get those early battles out of the way early uh, so he doesn't have to sit there and ponder over them on the sideline or – uh, something of that nature. I mean, you don't want him to think too much. You just want to go out there and get him out there to play. Uh, but Nick, I know we talked about before we started recording this that you had an interesting statistic, and I'm really eager to hear uh, what this is regarding this question. Yeah, so I went to look up when the Bears have actually started on offense first to start the game, not to where uh, they scored in their opening uh, drive. And that was actually um, they're just looking at the statistics. So there's been uh, the Buccaneers game, the Bills, Lions, and Rams where uh, – I think the other team has just won the coin toss, deferred, and now the Bears are going on offense to start the game right then and there. So what it was for, for this Bears offense, one, they had four Ws. So against the Buccaneers, Bills, Lions, and Rams. So you got that going for you when the Bears have gone on offense first to start off the game. But Trubisky, for that mental side of things, he's played really well when that has happened, minus the Rams game that just happened. So here's the statistics. 19 for 26, and this versus the Buccaneers, 19 for 26, uh, 354 yards, six touchdowns, has 154.6 rating, and that one they actually had the opening drive uh, end in touchdown for them. So you have that going for them. Versus the Bills, eh, it wasn't the best game for Trubisky, but he's 12 of 20, 135 yards, a touchdown interception, 76 uh, uh, rating there. 
But versus the Lions, 23 of 30, 355 yards, three touchdowns, a 148.6 rating. And that also started with a touchdown opening drive. And then you have that Rams game where no quarterback, didn't matter who it was, was going to have a good game that night. But in total, 954 yards, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions for Trubisky, and three of those interceptions came last week against the Rams. So the most important thing being that the Bears have won all four of those games, and Trubisky has played really well when he started off the game, minus the Rams game. So with this game coming against the Packers at home, and three of those games that the Bears have uh, started the game off have come at home, I'm expecting this to happen. The Packers win the coin toss. They're going to defer. Mitch Trubisky's going to light it up on that very first drive. That's what I'm expecting. And I think just because when Mitch Trubisky gets like this, this confidence in himself, knowing that the defense is going to back him up for the rest of the game, I think that's just where he plays better, to be completely honest. So I know that uh, you know most of the time the Bears have won the coin toss and they've you know just gone defense first. But in this case, where um, if, if it comes to the – the play to where Trubisky is able to go out there and gain some confidence against a division rival uh, who, again, in the second half of that week one game against the Packers, didn't have his best game. This might be the best bet for the Bears to have the most success because, I like like I said, four wins and then Trubisky has played well. And that you That's the equation. You have those two factors in there. That's going to equate to success. So I like the Bears going on offense first. And I know, Brandon, we actually talked about this on another um, you know, previous mailbag podcast, and we, we were just kind of playing around with the question. Like, it was just something that you brought up at the right. end. Mm-hmm. And now I'm glad that somebody brought this up and we can go a little bit more in depth with it because the Bears have had success when that happens. So for Trubisky's mental side and the Bears, you know, overall success, it might just be better for them to go on offense first. We'll see if that happens, though. I do have that coin that uh, we were also mentioning on another <laughs> podcast earlier. All right, Brandon, we're going to go to our second question of the day and again unknown caller please for future uh mailbag podcast definitely leave your name so we can shout you out but here's your question what's up boys hope you guys are doing well um big fan of the show um just wanted to give you guys a call i know this is kind of a sensitive topic right now but um wanted to see if you think the bears might have any interest in picking up kareem hunt uh, i know he's just kind of sitting there um, and I'm sure there's there's teams that have thought that they could use him but are afraid to um, take on the kind of negative PR hit. Um, but I know Matt Nagy loves him. Um, he's definitely, you know, talked about him, seems like a million times, about back when he was with Kareem Hunt in Kansas City. And also, you know, Nagy also constantly criticizes the Bears' run game, and it just doesn't seem like things are working out with Jordan Howard. Honestly, I just don't think Nagy likes him very much. I think that there's some uh, some friction there. Um, And so, I don't know. It seems to me that Kareem Hunt would be just a magnificent fit with the Bears. So, do you think they're giving that any consideration? I know Ryan Pace and Nagy are kind of wild cards. We'll do whatever it takes to win. Um, Yeah, that's all I got. Thanks, guys. To answer your question... Uh, do I think the Bears are giving it consideration for Kareem Hunt and you know everything, the baggage that comes with them? Not now. I don't think it's obviously not going to be this year, but I don't think that uh, the Bears are just going to let it just pass by, even though 
There's a lot of baggage there. Uh, the Bears, especially it'll get interesting if Jordan Howard is let go, doesn't come back uh, next season, and then the Bears have that, that void at running back. You have to think that Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy are going to at least think about it. But here's, here's the other side of things, and this is where I really stand on this. The Bears have established such a great culture uh, right now in that locker room. You see the club dub. You see the guys, uh, the camaraderie they have with each other, just the chemistry, just overall good guys in the locker room. Kareem Hunt, with what he's done, and you know even more allegations coming up, I don't know if you want that in your locker room. I think what what does that what does that say? What what message does that send to fans? Look, yeah, you want to be a better football team by getting a running back that no doubt fits the system. Uh, he was a leading rusher in the NFL last year with Matt Nagy and the Chiefs. But you brought in you bring you bring in a guy that um, has you know put his hands on you know a woman and just that to me is not something that I want the Bears to be associated with. Yes, I I believe that everybody deserves a second chance. But I think, look, there, there's other football players out there. There's going to be guys in the draft. There's, you know, every single year you have an opportunity to draft the next Kareem Hunt or, you know, somebody that could, you know, put do great things on the football field. But if they're just not a good person in general, I don't know if it's worth it. You look what happened with Ryan Pace in the very first, I think one of the very first acquisitions he brings is Ray McDonald. You see how that blew up. I don't know if Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, uh, you know, the McCaskies want to deal with another situation that could potentially, you know, blow up in their face. So that's where I'm on, on the side of things with Kareem Hunt. Personally, I'm not in favor it of in favor of it, of him being on the Chicago Bears in twenty nineteen as their as their starting running back. Even if it does make him a better football team, you can find other options. I really do believe that. But Brandon, where are you on the on the side of Kareem Hunt? possibly being a Chicago Bear, um, what would that mean like to the franchise? And what, what kind of message does that send overall? You brought up the, the one point that I wanted to mention with um, uh, attempting to sign Ray McDonald. I think they didn't and had to cut him uh, shortly thereafter for obvious reasons. Um, so I think that 0-for-1 strikeout uh, that Pace had with a guy that's got some baggage is enough for the Bears to go, yeah, we're not going to try that again. Uh, because it's something that you kind of hear about uh, come draft time. They're looking for guys with good character. And, and that's what we see with, with Club Dub, like you talked about. These guys just having fun. Good, good, solid, all-around people. I think a lot of these guys would actually be uh, able to win a well, – I don't want to say win, but should be in the running every year for a Walter Payton Man of the Year award because they do something – you know, we've got um, – they all have their their cleats for their um, their, their causes, charity, yeah. right? Uh, so, and all these guys really have good causes. I don't know if I want to spoil what we have coming up Monday yet, um, but regardless, I mean, we've talked with with other guys with their their charities and things of that nature. So, I mean, I, I'm sure Cream Hunt has one as well, but just that's that's a little too much baggage, uh, you know. I especially when the Bears tried in Ryan Pace's first year to sign Ray McDonald, we know how well that worked. Uh, I, I just don't see this being a very viable option. Yeah, he's a good football player, but there's things outside of football that you have to consider when you're bringing guys in. Uh, just with the amount of money that gets tossed around uh, in the league like this. And I don't know. I'm not uh, I'm not on board with this. I'm also not on board with the the statement on here the uh, in this question that uh, Matt Nagy doesn't like Jordan Howard. I don't think that's the case. I think it's really just kind of how the game flows and Matt Nagy kind of gets a little bit more pass happy. I don't know if you'd ever admit that. Uh, but I think that's just part of the reason why we don't see Jordan Howard having quite the production that he's had the past two years. Uh, but something else you got to think about too is running backs have a shorter a shorter lifespan uh, in the NFL. So those are all things that we have to consider. Is now that both Cream Hunt and Jordan Howard have some experience in the league, how much longer could they actually go? 
uh, especially Jordan Howard having the success that he has. Maybe that's why they've slowed down a little bit. Maybe they utilize him more later in the year since he still might be fresh. Maybe that's all been part of the plan. I mean, we don't really know. Uh, so I don't I don't necessarily know that there's a need uh, to bring in Cream Hunt, especially because I think Jordan Howard fills the void just fine right now. Uh, but then on top of baggage, I mean, I just don't think that it's worth it. Yeah, and you mentioned a good thing also within the, the question, uh, Matt Nagy just not liking Howard. I don't think that's the case either. Uh, just because, look, Howard's a team guy. He's He's been asked about it. And, of course, a guy that's had previous success is going to be frustrated when he's not getting his touches, not getting his yards, not having that same production, but the team is winning. So that just makes, that nullifies everything to where the Bears and Howard are, you know, okay with it. And, look, last week against the Rams, had his, you know, first 100-yard game. I'm pretty. I'm sure that he's feeling a lot better now than he was, you know, just a week previous to that. So I don't think it's Matt Nagy not liking him. I'm pretty sure he loves, you know, all of his players. That's, uh, you know, just the kind of guy that Matt Nagy is, and just how he's established this this locker room for the Bears. So, yeah, we're both uh, on the same page. Kareem Hunt, not not an option for us in our opinions uh, to bring onto this Bears uh, team that, like we said, has established something really good here and has a lot of good character guys. So, Brandon, we're going to go to our third question of the day. And I know who submitted this one, but I won't say the name. So next time, leave your name, anonymous caller. And here's your question. So the Bears obviously played a very great defensive game against the Rams. I'm just wondering what they would need to do offensively to beat a team like the Saints. Anonymous caller, this is a a good question here uh, because – we, we know how great the defense can be, but what does the offense have to do to keep up with a guy like Drew Brees and, and Alvin Kamara even? Uh, so what I've seen when I, I was watching the Cowboys Saints highlights uh, before we hopped on here, and a lot of it was uh, screen passes. And then I look at why is Dallas doing this so much? Uh, and that's because the Saints are actually third in the league as far as the amount of sacks. I think they have 41, which is one more than the Bears. So they bring just as much pressure uh, as the Bears do, is just as much as anyone else in the league. So what they, what they have to do offensively is be able to find a way uh, to have good pass pro. Uh, they bring guys in, uh, they'll line up in their 4-3, and they'll send a guy that doesn't look like he's going to blitz. And that's where a lot of uh, confusion can happen, and that's where they get to the quarterback because when no one calls out who the potential blitzer is going to be because nobody moves, uh, then that, that creates problems. So I think that the one thing that they have to do is be able to watch the tape and find these tendencies of where the extra blitzer comes from on top of on the defensive line, who's who's their top pass rusher? Where does he line up more times than not? So it's just going to come down to a lot of tape study for pass pro, uh, knowing exactly where this extra pressure is coming from because they, like I said, have just as much pressure as anyone else in the NFL. They have third in the league with 41 sacks this year. So that's really where the source of their defense uh, comes from and why they're able to have such shutout and blowout games because their defense brings just as much pressure as anyone else, and that's a, a key uh, ingredient to winning in the NFL. Yeah, and on top of that, on top of bringing pressure, they're also really great at stopping the run. Number one in yards, uh, tied for number one in yards per attempt. Um, the Bears are number one in terms of only allowing four t- uh, rushing touchdowns, but still, the Saints are up there with at the 11th spot with only 10. So they're great at stopping the run, but their weakness on defense, and I love this, Brandon, because we're giving our very early scouting report on the Saints team if, you know, potentially the matchup comes to be, but the Saints are not very good at stopping the pass. And you can look at a couple ways. Look, they've been blowing out a bunch of teams, scoring a lot of points, so teams are forced to pass. But still, teams that are passing the ball on the Saints secondary um, are having success. So they're allowing quarterbacks to have a 68.3 completion percentage, which is fifth worst in the NFL. 
They have allowed 24 passing touchdowns, which they're they're t- they're in 20th right there in the league, and then they have allowed 105 passer rating for quarterbacks, opposing quarterbacks, which is seventh worst. So you can pass on this Saints defense. Now the recipe for success for the Bears offensively is if the Bears are able to establish the run against this very good run defense, that's just going to open up a lot of things for the Bears offensively, especially with play action. And because most teams haven't been able to run on the Saints all year, it's that element of the game that that can now be a factor for them. Um, Really, look, the Bears love to throw the ball downfield, especially those deep plays. So that's going to open that up, especially if you can get that play action going. Um, This Bears offense just creates another element for itself, being able to get Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, able to run the football. And look, they just had their best game running the football all season against the Rams defense and, you know, a great player in Aaron Donald. So I think for the Bears to have success against the Saints, if they were to meet them down the road in the playoffs, you got to be able to somehow, some way, establish the running game. Because, like I said, that's another element that really the Saints aren't thinking is going to be a factor in in that matchup because they just had so much success stopping the run all season long. So if you can do that, like I said, opens up that play action, can take those deep shots, and then you can get Trubisky even rolling outside the pocket where we've seen him have success, whether it is throwing downfield or using his legs to get a first down or even more than that. So I think that would be the recipe for success with the New Orleans Saints, Triz uh, trying to beat them because it's it's going to end up probably being can you keep up with them? And that's a thing that most teams, except for that Dallas game where it was a 13-10 game, most teams haven't been able to do. And you saw what the Bears were able to do to another or great offense in the Rams, holding them to six points last Sunday night. So this would be an interesting matchup because, again, if you can run on the Saints, it's going to open up a lot more things. But thank you for submitting the question. And that's actually going to do it for the audio version questions. But, of course... We have some Twitter questions, and we got some really interesting ones, and can't wait to you know get through these. So, as usual, every single week, Super Hippo MWR always submits, <laughs> well, not just one, but a variety of questions. So, honestly, thank you for that. Each and every week, we can uh, you know rely on you and all of our fans to just submit questions. But the question is, when the Bears clinch the North, do you want to see them rest key players or limit their reps if they're out of contention from earning a first round buy? And this this one I had to you know really think about. Um, so I'm I'm going back to the preseason. I'm going all the way back to the preseason uh, against that preseason game against the Chiefs where Matt Nagy rests his stars. Right, that game doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything whether they win or lose. Yes, you get some experience playing, but that's about it. So if the North is locked up and he can't get that first-round bye, I'm wondering if Nagy will have the same approach. And that's I think that's just an interesting concept to me. But personally, I don't think he approaches it that way. You want the, the offense. It's really the offense. Why? You want the offense to be playing their best ball at the end of the season because they're about to go into the most important part of the season, which is postseason. So that's where I, I'm on with this. I think if the Bears were to let up, let's say they – like like all the scenario says, locked up the north and can't get the first round by, and you sit maybe Trubisky and like the starter, the starting offense for maybe that last game against Minnesota, and then they have to go out and play Minnesota, whoever it is. I don't I don't know if I like that because right now Trubisky needs to you know get back get his game going again because I know he's not happy with how he ended uh, the game against the Rams, three interceptions and I think it was a thirty three point three completion percentage. Doesn't want to have that going for him. 
And if the Bears want to have success in the playoffs, Trubisky's going to have to play a lot better than that. And the only way you can do that is if you're getting these reps, you're getting these mental reps, whatever it may be, playing against other opponents. Sitting, yes, you stay healthy, but uh, look, you could be healthy and still play bad. But you could play better if you have more experience playing different defenses. So that's where I'm at with this. I don't think the Bears should um, rest. I don't think they should rest all their players. Maybe, look, maybe you limit some of their reps if they're they're winning a game or something like that. Yeah, I can agree with that. If you have everything locked up, you're not going to lose anything and you save these players going into the playoffs. But that's like as a last resort. Uh, for the most part, I want them to play, finish out this season, and then go into the postseason hot. Uh, whether it's offensively or defensively, but it's it's really regarding the offense is why I'm leaning towards the way I did. Brandon, what's your take on this? You rest your starters? Are you playing them? I'm I'm playing the guys that I can. Uh, the reason okay. is because it doesn't matter what sport you're in, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, whether it's soccer, whether it's football, whether it's hockey. Uh, playoff time, uh, you find these really surprised teams because it's – it's who gets hot at the right time, and that's why you want to keep your starters out there because uh, you want them to, to get in a rhythm, get going, get get something going, get some confidence brewing in them, and especially now since we had Trubisky sit for a couple games and the way he looked against the Rams, uh, I'd like to see him you know, continue to stay in there and be able to get his feet back under and be able to get comfortable in the pocket again, uh, be able to read defenses thoroughly and scan the field and go through his week-to-week preparation like he would as if he was playing. Uh, but, and so that's just quarterback. But if there's guys that have had injury uh, histories this year, like Allen Robinson or Cleo Mack or any other variety of guys that may have had some sort of game-limiting uh, injury, then those are guys that I'm okay sitting because we want those guys in the playoffs. Uh, so if Allen Robinson's not necessarily feeling the best in week 16 and it's all locked up after this weekend, then I have no issue putting him on a on a rep count or something of that nature. Um I'd still like them all to play week 17, at least the first half, those guys that are ailing. So that way they still have their feet under them. Uh, You know, they're able to get in a rhythm, uh, stay in connection with the quarterback, uh, be able to get after the quarterback, regardless of what position they play. I would want them to play so that way they can keep the confidence brewing, uh, keep the fire under them going. Because once you start relaxing, like, yeah, we're already in, then that mindset kind of changes things. And that's when teams kind of falter. Uh, so I'd like to see them continue to be aggressive and, and play these guys as long as they're not uh, injury prone or have an injury history or if there's any worry that they may become injured in the playoffs uh, because of something they have right now. Those are things that I would keep guys out for. Uh, but other than that, I'm playing my starters. Yeah, those are some really good points, Brandon. And it's going to be interesting to see how Matt Nagy approaches this. He's made, for the most part, you know, all the right decisions so far in his rookie season and being the coach of the year, which we, we didn't even get to mention. And um, yeah, coach of the year for Matt Nagy, which is amazing. So we just expect him to keep making the right decisions for this football team moving forward. Our next Twitter question comes from at Eric key 17 with a few games left and Jordan Howard around 700 yards rushing. He's at 713. Uh, what are the chances he makes it to a thousand yards for the third straight year? You think I like his odds. And then it ends with an emoji with sunglasses. Brandon, what are you thinking? Is there a chance that Jordan Howard ends the season? He has 713 yards. Does he end the season as a 1,000-yard rusher? He's going to be close. He's going to be really close. The issue that I have, uh, honestly, is really Green Bay. Uh, whether or not he can get off on the right foot there. I mean, he had 82 yards against them in week one. Uh, but then historically, when we look at when he's played uh, Green Bay, he doesn't you know, I'm just looking at last year. I didn't quite get back to his rookie year, uh, but 54 yards in one matchup here in week nine and 53 yards in the week four matchup. 
uh, last year. So historically, he doesn't have his best game against the Packers. I know it's a different year, different team. Uh, the Packers are not the best run defense this year. They gave up the 82 yards to him in week one. Uh, so if he can have a similar performance, hopefully get more than 82 yards, then I think it's definitely possible because uh, San Francisco, I think, is 12th in the league as far as run defense goes. i got to double-check that. Uh, they gave up 107 yards uh, on the ground. I do know that much. Uh, yeah, they're 12th in the league with 107 yards uh, on average going up on the ground. And then uh, Minnesota is always going to be tough. Uh, especially because they're still going to be fighting, I think, for a playoff berth come that time. Uh, so they're they're not going to let up. They're not going to let Jordan Howard uh, run all over them like I would hope that they will. So it's really going to come down to these next two games, I think. How well can Jordan Howard get established in uh, the, the amount of yards that he gets is really going to determine it, obviously. Uh, but I, I I don't rule it out. Don't rule it out. Okay. So I think uh, I did, if I did my math right, which uh... – is questionable in itself. Uh, so <laughs> Howard needs to average about 96 yards in these last three games, and he'll have a 1,001 yards on the season. So he, he would be a 1,000-yard rusher just, a, you know, by a couple yards there. So versus Green Bay, they like you said, they don't have the best rushing defense. And I look to see the times that they've given up 96 yards or more in, in games this season. So it's only been twice been twice it's been against the Redskins with Adrian Peterson who we're all very familiar with uh being in the NFC North and he had 120 yards and two touchdowns that game and then also against the Rams Todd Gurley had 114 yards so you have that going uh for the Packers even though they're 24th in rushing defense only two times have teams eclipsed that that 96 yard mark that Howard's really looking at then for the 49ers uh like you said uh, 11th or 12th in rushing defense and it's only been one time where a team uh an opponent has gone over that 96-yard mark, and that was Melvin Gordon versus the Chargers. So it's one time, and then I thought I had the stats here for the Vikings, who are 12th in rushing defense. I guess I don't. But, look, it's not <laughs> very often that, um, you know, just especially Green Bay and the 49ers that they've given up uh, that that marker that Jordan Howard is going to be looking for. But I really like this matchup against Green Bay where I think he can get a lot of those yards, especially since it looks like, Right now, Kenny Clark, their their nose tackle, is not going to play. If he's not able to play, that middle interior of that Packers defense is going to give up a lot of ground, and you're going to have these offensive linemen getting to the second level, and hopefully Jordan Howard's bringing for some big runs. But to answer your question, uh, do I think he can get there? Like you, Brandon, I'm, I'm thinking he's very close to it. And it's been a, it's been a little a different season for Jordan Howard. He, has, he wasn't the focal point, right? He wasn't the focal point, and that's why he's had the season that he has. And th- th- that doesn't necessarily mean it's been a bad season for him. All right? Just because he wasn't able to get 1,000 yards for the third straight year doesn't make him a bad running back. And there's been times where the, the line hasn't blocked as well and things like that. But I think it's going to be really close. If he can get, if he can get maybe 150 yards... In this Green Bay game, I think he's setting himself up for success to get the rest of it in the next two games. But we'll have to wait and see uh, what Howard does, and hopefully the Bears establish the run. And look, it's coming at this perfect timing where, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, the Bears had their best success on the ground against the Rams just last week. So hopefully that continues. Matt Nagy is able to utilize the run more often. And just, again, it equated to a win last week, and hopefully it does the same thing against the Packers, 49ers, and Vikings to end the regular season. All right, Brandon, we're going to our sixth, or yeah, this will be our sixth question and our third Twitter question, and it comes from at PhoenixWest19. So he says, I'm a second-season Bear, and I'm assuming Bears fan, 
and still learning the intricacies and lore of the NFL in general, which is awesome. And what I want to know is realistically, how long will Mitch get? A playoff berth this year and then next season to prove his mettle. All right. So for someone who's just getting introduced to, you know, the NFL and, you know, second season being a Bears fan, awesome. Glad you're at a really good time right now. So to answer your question, how long will Mitch Trubisky get? Well, he's still in his rookie contract and he's in his first year or first year with Matt Nagy, second year as a pro. And you got to think back to last year when he first started watching, you know, the Bears. Uh, he didn't play his first four games of his rookie season. And you pair that up with a John Fox and Dow Loggins. And look, you could really, you don't really want to take what he learned in that offense and apply it here, but you can take the lessons and everything that he's learned watching tape and NFL defense and that kind of stuff. But now he's in an offense with Matt Nagy. That's obviously more complicated. It ta- it's going to take some time. It's definitely going to take some time. So, um, but I will say this. Is it frustrating to see Mitch Trubisky uh, you know, be off his mark because his footwork isn't right? Hell yes, it is. Of course it is. And that's why I think this question kind of comes from the inconsistencies that we've seen you know, this season with Mitch Trubisky. But again, you got to take this all into account. First offense with Matt Nagy, a whole bunch of new pieces around him. This is just the growing pains you're going to have to deal with. And again, with a 24-year-old quarterback, he's still very young and learning this thing. And Dan Whittier of the Chicago Tribune had a great tweet that just compared Mitch Trubisky's stats to Jay Cutler's. And look, Trubisky, year two, and this is Cutler, year 10. And I'll just read you off the stats. Other than yards, everything is really pretty similar to Trubisky and uh, Jay Cutler. So Trubisky, he uh, right now currently has 2,579 yards, 21 touchdowns. 12 interceptions, a 64.4 completion percentage, and a 92.1 rating. Jay Cutler, in year 10, which was 2015 with the Chicago Bears, finished with 3,659 yards, 21 touchdowns, the same as Mitch, 11 interceptions, one less than Mitch, the same exact completion percentage with 64.4 and a 92.3 rating. But that was Cutler in year 10, and this is what Trubisky's doing in year 2. So take that into the count. That this was arguably Jay Cutler's best year as a pro, other than his Pro Bowl year with Denver. And this is Mitch Trubisky's best year, and he has almost nearly identical stats. So we got to take that all into uh, consideration with Trubisky. And he look, he's on his rookie contract, and most likely he's going to be he's going to be bonded with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy for the longevity of his career. And I just think that you have to give him time. That's a big thing with Trubisky. But, Brandon, what are you thinking on this whole how long do you think Mitch Trubisky realistically gets? First of all, I'm thinking that you just tainted a young Bears fan with Jake Cutler stats. But that's someone who's on the <laughs> other end of the Jake Cutler spectrum is Nick. So take that for what you will. Uh, but I, I guess how long will he get? I mean, it's uh, we heard Matt Nagy say uh, in this offseason that it takes about three years to master his offense. Uh, which, you know, it's a lot of detail-oriented oriented things. So it understandably it's going to take three years uh, to be able to, to master it and be able to, to execute it to its full extent. Uh, so I, I don't think that he gets any, any less than that. I think he's going to be around for a, a long time, I think, cause he's young and uh, Matt Nagy is going to be able to mold him into a quarterback that he wants him to be uh, mold him into a successful quarterback. So uh, for that reason, I think that he's Mitch is going to stick around for a while. Uh, I mean, all these, these young growing pains, like you mentioned, Nick, they'll get worked out and get these kinks worked out and, uh, Trubisky will continue to grow uh, in the pocket, his pocket presence, uh, as long as they continue to establish a, a good offensive line in front of him. But I don't see any reason why uh, he doesn't stick around for a, a long time. The only reason I see him not sticking around a while 
uh, is just because of poor offensive line play and him getting hurt or something of that nature. Um, so I think that we will uh, we'll we'll see him for the long term here in Chicago. Uh, and I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, to answer the second part of your question as well, I I don't see a reason why they don't get back to the playoffs year after year from this. Uh, they they've definitely. Um, exceeded my expectations for the year. They've surpassed my win total by two now. Hopefully it gets to be by five by the end of the year. That'd be really cool. So I, I, this is just a, a young growing team and to see them where they're at now, uh, the potential still through the roof. Uh, so hopefully you stick around with us for the, the long term here uh, as well. Phoenix West 19, we can be able to continue to give you all the great bears content uh, that you want and be able to help you teach more about football as well. That was awesome, Brandon. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, because this is uh, only the start of good things to happen for the future for the Bears, for sure. All right, Brandon, we are coming to our last question of the day. And this one might be the most interesting just because I don't know what's going to be the answer to this. So this is at at B Baran 42. (laughs) And the question is, (laughs) (laughs) which member of the Chicago Audible would impress that club dub, and who would be the most embarrassing? <laughs> oh man, this is a this is a fantastic question because I always tell my good friend Ben that I am just awful at dancing, and I literally it's like a shoulder move, you know, move left to the right, and that's all I got. I think I have rhythm, I just don't know how to dance. I really do. So I think to answer your question. I think I would do something stupid that might impress, but then after it, look at it. Oh man. <laughs> I wish I didn't do that. Just looking back at it, reflecting on whatever the move or however I try to impress, it might end up being the most impressive, but at the same time, the most embarrassing. But what what do you think, Reddit? Are you a good dancer? Is Will a good dancer? Do you know? Um, I don't. I like to be humble as a person, uh, <laughs> but I will say that I've been voted best dancer at the last two weddings that I've attended. Oh, uh, so, yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't <laughs> even know if I'd impress. You know, just the the humility in me, but um, I guess I would say I'd be the most impressive. Um, I've seen Will dance. I don't necessarily go out there and do anything embarrassing, so that's kind of why I was going to say Nick would do something embarrassing. <laughs> I could see you getting out there and, and dance and being part of it, but I just don't know how how pretty it would be because I've never seen you dance. So. <laughs> no, that's pretty accurate, and you know, me, <laughs> most likely being the smallest guy out there, I get like trampled by somebody. <laughs> Bradley Saul do, you know, that little cowboy thing that he did. I'm just getting knocked out of the way. That's interesting. Wow, we have – I did not know this. This is going to be a first time for all of our listeners. Brandon's a dancer, you guys, so watch out on the dance floor. He will impress. I mean, that's – you'll learn something new every day. <laughs> well, Brandon, I mean, this is uh, obviously a Saturday morning, little uh, different uh, scene for what we when we usually do our – audio uh mailbag podcast here but this is this has been a lot of fun we've uh, a lot of great questions on a you know short notice so i just yeah. want to say thank you to everybody who submitted questions um i know you guys you guys really wanted this podcast to come out this week and you know just with all this, the things that were going on earlier in the week we didn't know if we were going to be able to get to it but i'm glad we did even though it's a saturday we're going to get this uh, out there so you guys can listen to it but if you want to get your question heard on the next Chicago Audible uh, mailbag podcast. All you got to do is call 872-240-4007. And that number again is 872-240-4007. Just call and make sure to leave your name and where you're from so we can shout you out on the next podcast. And, of course, tomorrow, Bears-Packers and 
Brandon and Will, and I don't know if Will Ingles is going to be live because I'll actually be at the game. So make sure right after the last whistle uh, sounds, you make sure you go to YouTube, however you listen, and just listen to the live version of that post-game podcast because it's going to be a good one. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.